And we are back and we have Rab Mordechai Weinberg uh, with uh, Let's Go Together. And, uh, yep. Yes. Welcome. It's a pleasure doing this program once again with you, Rab Nissen. Always a schuss and always an honor. And always, we are always so thankful to all our listeners that are calling up and sharing their questions and their comments. The number to call up to ask your question is 718 683 5858-718-683-5858, and we look forward to taking your questions and your comments, so please go right ahead and ask your questions and your comments. We are looking forward to them. And we have sure. the first caller, uh, yeah. Mrs. R. Mrs. R, hi, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello. Yes, welcome. Yeah, first of all, I wanted to thank you for your amazing line. I really enjoyed it every week. I do my wow. housework. Such a schuss. Thank you. Um, so I want to know, I read your Mastering Relationship book. Um, oh, I really thanks. enjoyed, um, like, seeing all different perspectives from people. Um, I, want to, I want to know, does, can fire and earth nature seem alike if it's not too, like, too a, a strong fire nature? Could it seem like earth? Or like the other way around? Everything can be, especially if the person would have some of those natures. But they, in reality, they're very different. Because an earth person is not going to be the center of attention. A fire person, whether they, likes it or, whether they like it or not, they walk into the room and everyone lights up around them. The thing I'm asking it because it was really interesting, like a few weeks ago um, I heard somebody calling in, in and he was talking about his nature, his personality, and he was not just like taking out the words from my mouth. Like he was saying exactly like I felt like myself. And then he was saying that he thinks he's fire, and you told him that you see like you think it's earth. So I was wondering like I also had the same thing. I, I like exactly his words were like describing me, and I also thought I'm like more fire. So I was wondering if um. That's like, why we have the test. The main reason, instead of guessing and listening, and I think I this, I think I'm that, I just had a recent experience where someone came to me, and I'm very, very educated, and such a schuss that they came to the office, and they're listening for years, and they're an educated consumer, and they right away called up saying, I think I'm a borderline. And the therapist said, if you think you're that, well, you know you're not. And the person was being as educated as they are, but as being that we're human, we're blind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have an actual test. There's a simple tank question. So I, I was it. like fire. Fire was 55, 54, 55, and then all the other ones were like below 40. Wow. So the way you're calling up, I would expect them all to have been higher, especially fire higher. You're calling up with that fire energy. Right, but as I read the fire nature, I was thinking like I don't have that. Like you were describing fire as the insensitive, like they they don't try to be insensitive, but like I don't feel like I in the other way I feel like I'm really sensitive. It's it's like a different. I don't know. I guess it's combination. Yeah, that is fire. Fire believes that they're very sensitive. No, I, I don't believe it. I, I how sometimes they might hurt others and they're not even aware of that. I don't feel that way. Like, I don't, as I'm well, like, ask your friends. No the fire people around. That way. Well? Ask them. Okay, so then that's also, the, uh, a fire is usually like between 65 and 75 or 60 and 85. And you have 55, so you have a more balanced level of fire. Mm-hmm. 
Because yeah. uh, I have felt like that Earth is more like, I assumed Earth is more like a grounded, the decision making and everything, like you, like you know where you, you're like, you know where you are exactly. and everything. And mm-hmm. So it was, was very interesting. Yeah, that is more Earth. But the, one of the characteristics of Earth is it's not jumping. It has a task. It does its tasks. It stays focused. It doesn't need big emotions. doesn't need people to know what they're doing. They're happy with what they're doing. They don't need to change every, every couple of days new ideas. Mm-hmm. Fire does. Right. I so hear that. How would you explain the difference between a fire and Earth? Yeah, I, I assume it's, I really thought like it's very different, just it was interesting for me, um, like that caller, I guess I related very much to that man called up and was talking about himself. And that's and then, right, when people ask about themselves, instead of the book, people are combinations, all of us have all four of them. What so would you say as of now, as of now, would you say, I sound more earth or more fire, what would you I say? I don't know, I don't know. Can't know. Nope, because it's not always what someone presents. It's also sometimes you can see it very clearly where someone says, right. oh, I disagree with this, and I think this is wrong. You go, wow, that's the earth. Or right, someone's right. so flattery, wow, you have no idea how you changed my life, and everyone that I know, you hear the fire energy. Right. No, because I was also I was I was laughing when you wrote in the book like a fire person has to be like when you you have to tell them the extreme like you are the best in the whole whatever you know like the real extreme. I really related to that. That's right. Yes. Yes, that's right. So you have a large part of that, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, I and guess so. It sounds like you also have a lot of Earth, so you're, that's a great combination. Yeah. It's a very powerful combination. Very, very powerful. Yes. Thank you for that. You're very, very welcome, certainly. Thank you for calling in so early. And the number to call up is 718 718- Six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Herb, listen, let's go ahead and take some of the messages that were sent. Yes, in. great. So this is hi, Mr. Weimiger. Thanks a lot for showing us what Chesed for Klal really means. I was wondering if you can shed some light to us teenagers who are graduating this year and need to make some career choices. What? can we do to make this unsettling period a bit easier? And how do I deal with the challenge of a close friend getting the offer of my dreams? It's really tough and affecting me. Thanks in advance from me and my peers. What would you say to that, Rebnissen? Let's start with your thoughts. So this is someone that they got to start making career changes, choices, and their friend got their job, their dream job that they wanted. Well, I just was on the other line, but uh, again, let me just read it to myself, and I just, mm-hmm. uh, no, we'll just, no. one second. So basically, it's someone that they're going, they're probably going to be graduating now, and they're looking to get jobs, and how to deal with it, like, so I was wondering if I shed some light, those teenagers who are graduating and need to make some career choices. What can we do to make this unsettling period a bit easier? What can we do to make it easier? And how do you deal with the challenge when your close friend got the dream job? Getting the offer of her dreams. 
you know, first of all, it's, you know, it's like something that we talk about at different, you know, in different level, like a, a offer or the, the husband of a dream, the, the wife of a dream, you know, everything of a dream. And in mm-hmm. the end, we don't have any dream and just we find ourselves the, the, the higher expectation. We are the, the, the bigger, uh, uh, disappointing we have. I just want as, as we said always, you know, we start step by step. And first of all, to see if you really, really like the, what, what, what a job, you know, many times it seems like a very, very promising job. You come to the environment and then you find that yourself and, and, and a very, very slimy and intrigue system. And you, you just, you don't like it anymore. You know, just something that I, I would say everything in life, you have to be experienced. And experiment it, and see how how you like it. It's it's not so simple to say you know, um, uh, that. And when you when you graduate, you know we we all graduate from uh, one thing to other, you know, and just starting a new starting up startup. And I can tell you that from my my experience, that I remember when I I graduated from the army. <laughs> Let's say they finished the army, and I. I suddenly found myself in 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 a big hole, you know, meaning that yeah. uh, what what the market offer and what I was in the army, it was total different things, you know. I was I was young young man, and I had a very big power as 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 a as a commander in in the army. I did many many things. That uh, in the in the civil uh, life you wouldn't dream about it unless you are twenty years uh, in, in the in the job experience, yes. and then you come to the to the civil life, and you find yourself that you have to start basically from zero, and climbing. And you go to I I went to uh, what do you call it, Lishkata Avoda. It's called like like um, working uh, services, job you know, job job yeah, job job places, you know, and. I the guy told me what do you want to start you know is you starting with a two two lirot for an hour or you know yeah. uh, and you starting all the way down uh, up and it's it told me you know I know I and I tell you to remember his wording very I know people like you you would never start up you cannot start with me you have to start in a different level different different path and I. I was, you know, I was shocked. Yeah. And it was, it was so right. It was so right. It was very difficult to, to start up with something that, you know, uh, the common, common, uh, I would say, soldier that uh, start up when you graduate. That's right, because you're already in a higher, you're in a, you're in a leadership position. It's hard to go from a leadership position into a beginner. So uh, and uh, but it's gave me gave me a good good uh, le- a lesson later in my life t- to see that every time that you start up you have to understand that you uh you you, you learn anava you learn you know to be uh humiliate you know yeah yeah I would say to to be down down on earth and to start all over again. And uh, this is something that I would say lesson for all of us. I would say that uh, even you feel yourself that you are the spitz of the yeshiva or the, the valedictorian of the of the class, and suddenly you find yourself uh, to start up. 
Excellent. That's so true. So that's one step. I would also like to just validate the feelings. I had a certain situation where I wanted something very, very much, and Hashem had in mind something else. And Baruch Hashem, the choice that I had is working out excellent. But it still bothers me that I didn't get the original choice that I wanted. What's more is, I know that the other choice, some people did get that choice, aren't that happy there. And I still look at myself, how it still bothers me. It's, I know it. I know it all logically and emotionally. It's just my feelings that it was a rejection, in my opinion, to one thing that, was, that I wanted that was important to me. And I happen to be working on it. And I'm acknowledging it. That was more my ego that I wanted. But that is still, I want to validate to these people this is part of what happens in life. Yeah. It's it's definitely you know what I, I would say that uh, this is a, I would say the flexibility of of uh, of our of our, fly, of our life you know this to understand you know I remember myself coming you know uh, coming here to to United States of America with a total different past different dreams and I was sure that I'm coming here for for short period and then doing what purchasing my yacht and sailing all over yeah and it didn't happen and then I realized this is really a Bonashulam plan it's different plan for me and I, I accept it I hope he still sends you the yacht <laughs> you know what it's not my and it's not anymore my dream I have, I have a different, different different dreams today different uh, things that uh, to do and uh a priority, I would say the the different priority, and yes. and it, this so, is so the, this rea- reality, and this is to understand that really Baruch Hashem, it's amazing to see that with many times with thinking one and the Kadosh Baruch as you said, you know, with many times we repeat this uh, sentence, men plans uh, make ma- men make plans and God love, and yeah. this is something that's very. Let me just take a phone call. Got a message where someone asked if we can discuss a little about perfectionism. Of course, the best as always is if you can please call up to ask your question. This way we can work through the process and hear and, and discuss which part of perfectionism, where it is. But it's always good to bring up the topic. And perfectionism is what I consider the number one diagnosis in the from world that doesn't have a real diagnosis. And what that means is as follows, that we all in the from world, Baruch Hashem, because we're from, we want to always do better. And we want, if we do an Averich we want to do tshuva. And we want, if we do a mitzvah, we want to do the mitzvah happier and better. But somehow we confuse, and this is across the board, that when we want to do better or we should do better or we're doing tshuva for or something that we did that wasn't such lameness, that means we failed completely. Somehow we take that we can do something better, saying an 80, and now we want to get an 85, to mean if I didn't get the 100, then I got the zero. That's the danger of perfectionism. Perfectionism doesn't mean that you're actually perfect. Most people that think that are perfectionists and they come into the office and they're barely doing much and they go, how could you call me a perfectionist? I don't do so much. I don't get up on time. I don't bring in the parnas that I want and my house isn't clean the way I want it. 
And the answer is, that's not a perfectionist. Perfectionist is someone that wants it to be perfect, and if it's not, they beat themselves up. You have people that accomplish so much, and they see what they didn't finish, what they didn't complete, but they're happy because they look at what they did do. Or they see what they still need to do, but they don't knock themselves down. A perfectionist will always find a complaint, will always find something wrong with what they did, and they will be knocking themselves down. They don't say, look at what I did do. They don't say, okay, I'll do better next time. It's, I didn't do this, so whatever I did do isn't worth anything. It's nothing. And that is the danger of perfectionists. So they asked if I have a recommendation or any program that we did. So in section one on the phone line of 718-298-2011, we have over there about 60-something, she or 63. And there are a couple of programs that we gave over there that does have to deal with perfectionism. So the first one is that I would just mention is caught in the trap of regret. That's in program number six of section one, how we beat ourselves up about regret. I should have done it this way. I should have done it that way. Then another one that I would recommend is program number 21, beginnings. How to start beginnings and not to have the expectation it's going to go perfect. Then comes program 22, the one right after that, which is let go. You won't accomplish anything anyhow, so why start? That's for the perfectionism. If I know I'm not going to succeed and others are going to do it better, ah, forget it. It doesn't pay. And if we already have to do it, we'll do it with a half a heart. That's not how it goes. Even if we won't get the best, we still want to do what we can do because that is leadership. And I would probably recommend these three are the main ones that I would recommend. Or one last one is number 57, the penny doubled or a million dollars today. What would you choose? Over 30 days, a million dollars or a penny doubled? And that is the great concept of doing one day at a time. And that's program number 57 in section one of the phone line. And again, that number is 718 and we are going to go to a caller. Rav Nissen, who are we going to? Mr. H. Mr. H. Hi, you're on the air with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hello. Hello, Mordechai and Rav Nissen. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your radio show. Wow. What a schusen. What an honor to have your energy. That's beautiful. Yes. I'm actually calling from Yerushalayim. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. To... How is Yerushalayim standing your right now? What? How stands Yerushalayim? How what? What's happening there right now? Besides the hearing, it sounds the middle of the day with honking going on at like two or three in the morning. No, we just I just had a goodbye party for a friend of mine who's going back to America, so I was up, and I heard you guys on the show, so I decided to call up and tell you thank you for actually changing my life. Wow, let's go ahead. Let's hear how, or what, or a detail. A detail. Well, I've been in your center for two years already, so that's how you changed my life. But what I want to just say one story, that just to show you someone and how you changed my life, was that I was by a Shabbos Suda, and someone by the Shabbos Suda was saying how it's not the right thing to go for therapy. And usually over the last couple of years, someone would say that, 
I have a tongue and I would rip them to shreds. How they don't know what they're talking about and they never faced life and they don't know what they're saying and they're in denial and it's a bunch of stism. And instead, what I said was, unbelievable, it's so good to hear the other side of the coin. And then he started yeah. describing why it's bad. And I was like, wow, I never heard that side. That's unbelievable. I still think you're wrong, but that's unbelievable. Wow. The ability to entertain the other side and make them feel great for that while you disagree completely. Yes, especially something that was my protection over the last couple of years because I've been in therapy, so it must be it's the right thing. I can't begin to entertain the thought that it's not the right thing. Wow. That is so powerful. That is that. That is a sign of a healthy and a solid self-esteem. Means if someone disagrees with you, and something that's so vital to you, so important, and you're able to say that is your opinion, you're able to see the other side, allow others to hold the other side, and it doesn't affect your opinion or your side. That is powerful. Yep. And I just wanted to tell any other bachur that it is the right thing to go for therapy, and it can change your life. Yeah. Even though wow. that person disagrees. Yes. And Baruch Hashem, those that are blessed with the ignorance, for unless they need it, then it's unfortunately a curse. But for those that have not had to do the inner introspection or they had whatever Hashem has given them some easy streaks in that level, lucky for them. But for those that have tasted the beauty of getting into yourself, understanding yourself clearer, being aware of yourself, being able to have others disagree with you, others have their opinion, and you're solid and confident and safe within yourself, finding inner peace, having people around you that could be stressful, and you're still able to stay positive within yourself, that is such a gift. Yep, and you gave it to me. I've done my little piece to it, my friend. You have worked very, very hard. You've gotten there. You've worked very hard. You've faced and done many steps you never thought you would ever do, and you've done it. We were the shliach. You did it. And I'm so proud and so great to hear your energy. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening, and now go to sleep. <laughs> Good night. Um, tic- I am, I am, I'm on my way. Tikkun Chatzot yeah. in the Kotel. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. That is a beautiful call. That is a beautiful call. Yes. And we are going to Mrs. B. Mrs. B. Hello. Yes. Yes, hi. hi, good evening. Good evening. Um, okay, first of all, let me thank you for everything you do. Um, You're and welcome. for our and for everything he does. Mm-hmm. Um, we really love all your shows and um, we gain a lot. Um, now to my question. Um, Go how, ahead. How, how old, um, when do you uh, diagnose ADHD in kids? From what age? Um, usually you wait till minimum six, but even a little more. Like you generally average will be a little higher. 
like around seven, eight, nine, when they got to start reading and they're jumping all over, then they're not concentrating. But never a three, four, five, even six, barely ever. Uh-huh. Okay. And if it's Do you realize why? Age, can we, um, can we, can we like, first understand why? And I, I like giving an awareness, not really giving, like, diagnosable stuff. So, uh, No, so, if I think of uh, one of the kids that if they could, might have it, um, what, like, uh, criteria do they have to? I mean, what's the um, symptoms? Um, one of, I mean, how you diagnose? How about we try something else? Let's first create the awareness. Why do you think you don't diagnose ADHD in young kids, really? Because sometimes it's age appropriate. appropriate. Almost everything is age-appropriate for six-year-old kids and four-year-old kids. It means they're going to change their mind. They're going to want something. They're going to lose their concentration. They're going to make silly mistakes. They're going to forget stuff. They're going to blurt out information. They're not going to wait in line. This is all the signs, all the levels of an ADHD is exactly what kids have, and they're supposed to have it. That's the appropriate response for that age. Right. But if I'm talking like about an eight-year-old, that he has some of the That's right. So now issues. let's say you're talking about an eight-year-old where eight-year-old kids are going to sit in class and they're going to start raising their hand and they might blurt something out, but they'll blurt it out once or twice. Now this kid is blurting things out 25 times, way above the norm. We start suspecting. We don't diagnose that because we want to know how they are in different environments. Maybe the teacher is a stickler. Maybe the teacher is a little boring for this energized kid. How is this kid at home? We don't just diagnose because one teacher has a problem. Mm-hmm. It's got to be in all areas of their life. Right. I have rather the um, that in in uh, familiar um, environment he rather acts than in in you know in school and whatever. In school, he he would rather you know behave. But, okay, but what about the what about the attention? Attention, yeah, that's um, he is lacking that. Right, so here's where the concentration, the mind flies. Different right, thoughts, I would, different I would, I would rather, I would rather say it's an ATC than the hyperactivity. That's that's right, that's, that's right. So really say the they case. diagnose them, they they still call it ADHD. They just call it inattentive type. But yeah, so that's what it could be. But you need to see it all over. And it would need to affect them. And you don't generally want to die. Like when if I would hear it in a six, seven-year-old kid, I would be very hesitant to diagnose a kid like that with ADHD. If it's already eight, again, I'm talking about me, different doctors, and it also depends what Uh the teachers say. I recently spoke to a to an adult that told me that because they listen to the program, they're educated, and when they have, let's say, a bachor above the age of 15, so it could be 17, 18, 19, 20, that when everyone's saying, look, this kid has a hard time concentrating, smart, way ahead of their years, but he can't by the Gemara. He's getting distracted. He's not getting good marks. Like people don't want to be his chavrusa because he's not really showing up. And they said they tried the medication, and what a change. Like, right away, this kid that's smart is actually sitting and concentrating. So, again, there's something diagnosing a six-year-old kid, and there's something where we're pushing it off, where year after year the teachers are saying, you know, this kid needs a little help. Did you hear, could it it be um, a sleep apnea thing, or it's, it's, it's... 
did you hear of such a thing? Because I'm in the middle of like doing many the many things. Yes, I would do. Him. I would yeah. do many different tests before we jump to ADHD. Yes. Uh, so you've heard of a sleep apnea because the doctor told me to check it out with it. Um, yes, could be sleep apnea. Direction. Could also be. I would still also check it if they had a lot of strep, like pandas. I personally believe in pandas. Uh, just I, I asked my doctor. Of, I asked yes. my doctor about it because. Mm-hmm. Well, we got this connected. If you can please call like back again, I would appreciate it. The number to call. It is 718-683-5858, Yes. Okay, so just uh, I want to, to talk about something maybe right now until we get Go some ahead. phone. We get some, I got some uh, very disturbing uh, with a conversation about a parent that basically a, a, a daughter uh, on a, a, a Finnish high school and graduate very excellent marks and everything, but uh, and uh, she wanted to go to join a friend with a seminar, and the seminar basically uh, rejected her because the family wasn't exactly fitting the 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 boxing, you know the box of the seminar. Yeah. The parent the the, the parents very very disappointing and very you know I would say they don't know. And then they would affect the shiduchim and all this nonsense stuff. I want you to talk about it a little bit because just giving some, some, some things. I spoke about it and we spoke about it many times about it. Uh, please, yeah. if you can talk until I pick up the phone. Great. So let's go ahead and take this topic, which is such a painful topic. And let's understand why it's so painful, even though the schools don't mean to do it. But this is what happens. In our system, where you've got, let's say, 20 girls in a class, or 50 girls in a grade, or 500 girls in between the schools that are going on, and now they're applying to seminaries, to schools. What happens is we start judging ourselves, and it's called a judgment. This school is the best. Now, whoever goes to this school, it automatically means they're the best. And part of the proof is that the school will only take the best. Now, let's say you're looking for a different type school. Let's say it'll be a more chilled out school. This school will not take intense girls. So now let's say this school, people want to go, which is a little bit more chilled out. This is going to be the best chilled out place. But if you don't get in, that you don't meet the cut, you don't meet the criteria, and someone else does, it means they are better than you. And now we do the same judgment. That means that if it comes to Shadokim, and the seminary is the one that labels, if you get into this school, that means you're the best. Now we feel labeled. We're not the best second class. And because of that, People start getting so frustrated and so stressed, and they feel labeled. And I see it every day when people in the Chesidus world, they don't have it. If you belong to a kahila, you're getting into that school. The boys, the girls, even if you're not doing your part, they'll set some rules to you, but basically you're going to be accepted unless you're breaking their rules on a big level. They, they don't understand Hasidim that listen to these programs that we have about getting into schools. They don't understand the concept. Part of belonging to a kihila is that the kihila has another responsibility to take you in. 
But however, in the Lipsisha world, we'll call it that way if we can, or even in the Sephardi world, the schools, it's not a community, the schools are individualized, and therefore, they could say yes or no. And what makes a criteria is whatever is important. If it's the most learning, if it's the most smart, if it's the most from, if it's the wealthiest, each place has their stuff. And I'd like to share with you that one of the most important ways for us to break the stigma is for us to stop playing the game. Stop playing the game. Instead of saying, I want only this seminary or this school or this high school, I want one of these three. And if I get into any one of these three, I'll be thrilled. And let's understand something. The world always had a hierarchy. This is considered more. This is considered less. But I can share with you as a therapist, I deal with the people that, that the world considers has more. And I am telling you that they have the same issues that we all have. They struggle for happiness within themselves. They struggle with finding their place. Because within this hierarchy place, let's say you're now in that top seminary, but there are girls that are smarter. Oh, then there are the girls that are family, so they're smart, just like you, but now they're wealthier, or they're prettier, or they have more yichos, whatever it should be. In the hierarchy, you're still not done the race. The rat race goes on. And therefore, I got to share with you, as I shared in the beginning of the program, I had something that I wanted very much. It didn't work out. Hashem had better things in mind. And Baruch Hashem, I'm extremely happy with where I am right now, with what I have. It was a certain project I wanted, and it wasn't working out, and I got to a different place. But I still think about that other project, and I spoke to people that are doing that other project that I wanted, and they're not happy. But do you think, but I'm amazed at myself when I can recognize and be honest with myself and say, but it still has a certain type of name, that type course. And people recommend to that, even though I am seeing more results with a completely different system. And people are saying what I'm saying, but that has a name. So I want us to understand there's something to be human. There's something to understand what's happening, and that's why people are chasing it. But the godless of being human is that we have the choice, our mind over matter. We can identify the emotions and say, I am not playing the game. I am thrilled. And now, and I focus on that. When people tell me, how do you find this system or that system? I would say it has a great name. But you want to know what works? I find this works. What would happen if when it comes to seminaries, you're applying to three seminaries, you're getting into one, you go, I got into the best one. Start using these terms, and it's the best for you. I do you know what this we speak, we're talking about it so many times about how, how do you see the world and let put it themselves in a box, and if you're out of the box, you're not value you value yourself like like nothing, you know. And this is work upon ourselves, you know. And I always said, you know, it's amazing to see shiduchim that. I know personally so many Shiduchim that was the best seminar, the Valley Victorian, the, the pits of the class, everybody on, and it didn't work. It's not working. And suddenly you find a boy from Timbuktu, find a girl in Australia, and who did it? It's only one, the Kadosh Baruch Hu. And we have to rely on this situation, and by that, you really have to rely on, rely on only the Kadosh Baruch Hu. 
it's not this, the, 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 what kind of seminar your daughter or your son will be, you know, dating. It's not this. You just to be happy for your child that he will be happy, will find himself in the, the right place. That in the, don't have to be the pressure that he has to be belong to this society or not this, because right now you as a parent fall to this trap and put your child to the exact, to the, the same trap. And that's what I... 100%. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go to, uh, to Mrs. P. Mrs. P. Hi. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes. Hi. Um, I first want to thank you. This is, um, my first time I'm calling in to ask you questions in a two year frame. And your answers were very helpful. So thank you. Thank you. Wow. I'm so glad. Yes. Yeah. So I have a question. It might be in state age appropriate, and that's what I want to hear. Um, I'm fostering a five-year-old boy. Wow. What a tzaddikus. I am standing up. You cannot see me. I just stood up from my seat out okay. of respect for you. Me too. Yes. The that thing is, is I have, yeah, I have her, his sister already three years by me, and now he's by me six months. And wow. I see that he has... A lot of anxiety, and which I think, I don't know from where it comes, but I see it especially when I'm making a bath for him. He's very scared that it's going to run over the water. And when I bake and the machine works, he keeps on saying that it's going to fall down. And he's like getting white and really, really scared. And I'm wondering if this is a thing that long he's going to be by my house, he's going to calm down, or it's something I need to address. Well, I could never know that because we don't know what past he went to realize when someone is fostering a child, that generally means that the house was a little dysfunctional or there was a certain trauma where the mother or father aren't alive or aren't around. And therefore, that in itself can be something where the child doesn't feel safe and secure. So He was 18 months old when he was taken away from his family. So he was by yes. a different family, mm-hmm. a stabilized family. So he was quite stable, more than his bigger sister. But the anxiety mm-hmm. is something that his sister never had. Also to be aware, there's a concept that we share with a lot, and that is called attachment theory. And that, that maybe it was in a stable environment, but we don't know if they gave him love. We don't know if they hugged him. We don't they know how did. safe it was. We don't know if they were an older brother or sister that resented him and would tease him. Mm-hmm. Attachment theory that gives kids inner security and safety is when you get the physical touch. We are told it's okay. It's okay where things are happening or what's, what's going on by you. It's also possible that the first 18 months he was barely hugged or touched as well. Like kids grow through the sense of touch. You see a little baby, you see a three-month-old, six-month-old, a one-year-old. They're in the parents' hands, and they're crying, and the parents hug them, and it soothes them. Mm-hmm. This kid might need just a lot of yeah, hugging. Like when, when the water is, you're worried, and you just hold him, or you just rub his back saying, it's okay. There's noise. It's okay. Let's go next to the noise. So you're going to do more exposure. You'll hold him. You'll hold his hand. You could put him on your lap, and then you could turn on, let's say, the, the bash to go ahead and make the chalas or whatever loud noises. And it's okay. You're teaching him to be okay. Uh-huh. So the touching, the touch, 
and calming no, him down. No, security and calming him down and doing it exposure, like telling him now. You know, I noticed when we're turning on the bath, the water, you're worried it's going to spill. Let's do this again. Look, let's turn on the water, and I'll stay here with you, and look how calm I am. Home, it's okay, and you can even show them when it gets this high, it's still okay, and this high, it's okay. When it's this high, this is how we turn it. This is how we close it. Just reassuring, Tim. Yeah, that's cool. These things are age-appropriate. At the same time, we don't know what's happening by him. We don't know what's the inner core. After Pesach, from two weeks after Pesach, we're doing the workshop of stress to inner peace. And each of these skills, let's say we're going to be teaching what are actual skills, and it's normal to go through. But the important insight is that it's normal to realize that kids will go through all this stuff. It's normal to be afraid, and that it is the parent's reassurance. You always say that when a child has anxiety, it's the parents that need the therapy. But in this case, I but think now, I have anxiety. We also say that under the, above the age of eight. Under the age of six, most of the time, the parents just need a little guidance. Because this is a normal, appropriate, six-year-olds get afraid of these things. Yes, Rabbi Nissen. No, I just want to know, how old is the? I didn't, uh, I missed the... Six years old. Six years old. I, I would yeah, say... Th- what? He's five and a half. Okay, I would say that uh, you know I I know that uh, from my 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 experience, uh, not as a therapist but as a parents and a grandparents, that you know sometimes you put the kids on, on the on the lap and you know whispering in his ear how good is he, how is he, how you you like him you know and uh, and make the you know with the water for example make fun with bubbles with water make it like sound and with a big smile with a big confidence that and see could be that one day one day he had, had a big traumatic event with a with a shower you know somebody forced him under the water and stuff this and it's stamped in his brain so just has to do it slowly slowly mm-hmm. okay i was trying just by reassuring and 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 i tried i tried a few things and i always come back to stage one like after a few times, maybe I tried to talk, teach him to breathe in, and nothing is going to happen. I'm trying to tell him that nothing is going to happen if it spills over. We're just going to clean it up. I tried um, letting Dasko being a, a bigger rat than he's used to. I tried to let him put it off him by himself. Everything helps a little bit, but sometimes I feel like that gets me one. It's take time. Over and over. It's take time. Over and over. Yeah, that's right. Do it seven to ten times with it, over and over. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I want to hear. Tiskilem mitzvot and bigishal koach. Amen. Thank you. And a lot of sabla. You're changing generations because this kid yes. will grow up to marry be a confident kid, and will be able to do those stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the number to call up is 718-683-5858. Okay. 718-683-5858. We go to Mrs. B. That we... Mrs. B. Yes. Yes, hi. I'm so sorry. I got disconnected. I was before on um, sure. speaking about my eight-year-old son. I was um, talking about the uh, panda thing. That I yeah. could hear on your line that we were speaking about uh, pandas, and I... Did uh, think that my, it might be that the case with him, and I asked my doctor, and he like laughed about it and said, "Nah, he doesn't have pandas. He didn't even take blood work or anything." Well, I the said, question is, pandas comes from strep. 
Did your yeah, kid have he, a lot of strep? Yeah, he did. He did have a lot of strep as a kid, as young or whatever, until the two. I mean, till the three, four, and um, I wouldn't say so often because they didn't, you know, do the. Um, he didn't want to go with the taking out the tonsils or whatever, but. Okay. Um, but we are going with the sleep apnea test now, and he. That's right. That you can test. also sometimes do also a test if you'd like for um, I forgot what it's called now, the ticks for some of that Lyme, like for Lyme, Lyme disease. disease. That's what I wanted to bring up too. That he also had, he did have Lyme disease as a four five year old. He came out with a rash on his foot, and that's yeah. when they um, said that it's Lyme disease. And um, he took medication like for for um, two weeks and um yeah. and, and they never and they never tested again to see if it went away and i was wondering okay if that's so the you right can test again each of those but uh, the goal is to feel easy right 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 i want to know that i do my best <laughs> for what my are, kids what are your kids symptoms um uh concentration lack um how the, old is he again Eight. Yeah. Obnoxious. So, and and um, they're saying he's ADHD. What are the what are what is the what's the concern? He's uh, very active, very active, and um. Are there other family members that have ADHD? Is it usually it's many times no. it's a little bit genetically it means do you or your husband have that? Well, you don't sound that way, but does your husband have it? Don't no, answer that. No. We're on air, but just saying this is many times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was just, it was, it just went into my head because I hear a lot about ADHD, so I wanted to see maybe it's, um, It could be the other stuff, and sometimes it might just be ADHD. It might be. <laughs> on one of the simple ways I try the medication, and it really changes. You see it instantly. You see it within three days of taking it. There's also, like, vitamins. To do no, a lot of, uh, yes, you can try that as well, but vitamins you know, doesn't which, get which close vitamins? to the ADHD medication. Vitamins do not get close. I need to give this disclaimer. Uh-huh. When someone has ADHD, vitamins will not do the job. Mm-hmm. Right now, about which ones, I actually do not know much about vitamins at all. Uh-huh. They say omega-3 we should do now, and um, does it, does, does it, do they ADHD um, uh, kids grow out of it, or? It's, um... So I've heard from psychiatrists that once they turn 17, 18, they're able to many times stop taking the medication because they are mature enough to push themselves now to be able to know what right. it was like when they concentrate and when they have a hard time concentrating. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, I see. He has a lack of pushing himself. He has so much... Um, um, that is part of the ADHD, and that's why and I, yeah. I say it all the time. I'm sad to say it, and it hurts me to say it, but I do believe in giving children, those are ADHD that need the medication, doing it. And when they get older, once they develop the maturity to have their own drive, then we can stop it. But kids, we can't expect a 7, 10, 12, 13-year-old kid to be able to push himself to concentrate when his mind flies away the whole time. And unfortunately, today the system is set up that you can only see what's going on. You can only, like, see by how well you're learning. That's it. 
So is it only like the lack of um, um, pushing? Um, is it could it be only ADHD, or it's like sometimes kids are just lazy to push themselves? I, I, I you know what I, I think so. I'm sorry, Justin. Jump over. I think that uh, please go right ahead. Uh, I think that you, as a mother, already decided something about your child. I don't know. I got I got the feeling that you. I, I don't no, know. I don't it's, want. It's, I don't want my child to be ADHD. I, 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 no, I just but want the best for him. Yeah, but the question like this is: it, it sounds like a very smart boy. And maybe his class, his baby, his classroom is not fitting. Maybe he's born in the classroom. Maybe something bother him. So many things around it, you know. That as a parent, just maybe, maybe just take a look about it, you know. And I, I would, yeah, but I would. Sometimes I hear that you know parents are in denial and they don't want to hear about it, and then maybe yeah, but we find out that it is something, and maybe too late. It's much easier. To it's nothing too late, you know. Young. I don't think it's too late. Uh, Ramon, you ask, you agree about the late? It's late. No, I think I think. No, it, but if I if I don't take take care of it now, if it is a problem, no, we could never know. Sometimes yeah. I think no, it's just age appropriate and then let it go and you know. Is it sleep? Is uh, it sleeping normally? How old? How how long is sleeping at night? This this with the sleep we're doing now, we're going to do a sleep apnea test okay. now. So he does okay, have so. little issues with sleeping. He wakes up very early. And he could wake up like two, three times in the middle of the night. So, so that's that's could be but causing see, that's him. That's also an issue, right? Right. We're working on that. We're doing that. Um, okay. So I heard the information. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good yep. Have a wonderful evening. And Nissen, let us go to Mrs. W. Yeah, one one second, sure. one second, please. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, just uh, one second. Yeah, so okay, Mrs. W. Hello. hello? Yes, hello. Hi, I, I want. I uh, had a little question. I mean, I heard the previous caller regarding the this ADHD and the, the focusing problem. I was just wondering, I have a 12-year-old son. Also, uh, sometimes he, uh, and the Rebbe says he, has, he he loses track of things, you know, like a middle class, and whenever he gets distracted very fast, when the Rebbe has to stop for somebody else to, to keep another boy quiet, he gets distracted, right? And uh, mm-hmm. well, I was just wondering why is that, uh, you know, and then it's hard for him to, to focus back. Well, well, what is that? How am I supposed to know that? I think I'm so proud and happy that you're calling up, but you're asking me now about your son. I don't know your son. This program's an awareness-based program. No, I just well, uh, want to know. I mean, uh, it's an awareness-based. I know sometimes what works with him is if we make contests with him, like uh, for a certain amount of time, if he listens good, and then, then he gets a, a check. That's right. And so it's just simple motivation. Your kids but are I know that by motivating kid. the child that way, that could work. Sure, those are one of the yeah, ways of behavioral works, but not charts. Necessarily, just because a kid has a focusing issue and they can't focus and they get Very distracted. Very good. So easy. you're sharing suggestions for the other person. Excellent. I'm sharing suggestions yes, also, and I want to know if it's like the right thing. Yes. I want to know if it's the right thing that I'm doing for my own son. Like I bribe him a lot, and I, like, like I, we go 15 minutes at a time. If he could sit there, uh, you know, I want to know if that's the the right way of doing things. I was once told about bribery, a kid has to come on its own. 
the law, what do you hold from, like, bribing the child? You see, the word bribing isn't healthy. Incentives and motivation is very different. Well, it's the same thing. It's an incentive. Bribery is not the same thing. No. What would you say is the difference between bribing someone and between giving someone an incentive? What's the difference? I thought it's pretty much the same thing. Like, yeah, Good. So like, now yeah, I'm asking 15. you. I'm telling you there's a difference. Think of the difference. Incentive means that they're, oh, that you want to get them to do something. Yeah. No? So what's the difference between bribing? I'm not sure. You want to explain it to me? Sure. Bribing is something that is illegal. You're trying to convince someone to do something that might not be right. And you want them, let's say you want the judge to say you are right, even though you're wrong. Or you want a judge not to think and not to be clear. No, that's not what I meant by bribing. So that's why I said the difference between a bribe and incentive. Incentive is you're telling the person that we know what's best for you, we're doing what's best for you, and what we're asking is you're a kid, and like every human, we need a, an incentive. Men, for us to work, we want to get paid. Women, you're cleaning the house. You want to see the clean house. You want the compliments from the husband. You want to see things are, are, are smooth. Kids' incentive, they don't understand yet why their studying is a benefit to them. So, therefore, we can give them an incentive of a toy, of a candy, of Nash. Could be healthy stuff, a trip, spending time with you. And it depends on how long. Like you could do for every 15 minutes, you get a check, and we have a certain amount of checks. I mean, that's if, right. by giving incentives, it comes their, naturally. That's right. So Eventually, you are, think it will come natural? We hope that when they get older, that's the goal, yes, that when they turn 16, 17, 20, 30, oh, you mean it could they'll take do even it naturally. 16, 17? I shouldn't worry that he's already 12 and he, he still needs these incentives to keep him going? Um, no. Do you know that I am a lot older than 16 and I still need that incentive? No, but we're yeah. talking about, like, even for small things. Like, you know, it can't be more than 15 minutes So watch minutes this. I'm a lot older. And I also need an incentive to do small stuff sometimes, yeah. I think everyone needs an incentive. Everyone needs some, it's, if it's a good word, if it's a smile, if it's a pat on the, the shoulder, and even a kiss on the forehead. It's, Basically, it's, just it's, with a lot of positive reinforcement, you can you can make you can make a kid the, the best. You could you could change you could change you could change the world with that. That's, that's almost most people need just positive reinforcement and keep encouraging. Yes, that's right. I mean, I see that it helps with him. I mean, they tell me I saw time focusing, but you way but when you give him the you know. You know, you make that is a normal, normal, normal 12-year-old kid. That's a normal 16-year-old kid. And that's a normal 20-year-old bacher or teenage girl. And that's a normal 25-year-old mother or father or husband. That's normal. That's a normal 40-year-old father, normal 40-year-old mother. What's the incentive? A smile. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what? How many... Right. How many how many times you see the husband, husband run to his mother home fixing the light fixture that, you know, and in his house, he would never touch it? That's right. Can I just ask you another another quick question? 
I mean, it's a very, sure, I don't know, it might ahead. be a question, but it might not be to have an answer. But maybe you could just give an idea about about, yeah. about putting uh, 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds to bed. Uh, how could you encourage them that yeah, they have to go to sleep early in order to be able to function? Ah, like, uh, so that's much harder because that's how to do it. That's already I know a it's a how-to question. Right, that's and you don't why want to be I, on top of them. To like sometimes them. I just leave him alone and I tell him the time, and and I don't I don't keep on reminding him, and I see that eventually he go, goes. Excellent, I mean, wonderful. So that that's, works that's great what with I try to keep doing, but sometimes I it gets really late. We that's try not right. to, but I try to start earlier. But it, it's like a very hard process. Like I try very hard not to get angry. At one point, I used to. Yeah, get angry, but I noticed that with this child, I just have to like put it aside and like go do my work. And when he's ready, he'll come and tell me he's he he he's all ready for bed. Yeah. But it just it still gets late, and there. And and I see that when he's tired, he is. It also has a hard time focusing. Like as much as how much I try to tell him, we have to, you know, hurry up. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. tiredness is also part of it. Yes. I just I mean, closed the light. Nothing more that you could do about that. I just closed the light well, and said good night. There's a lot you can do, but that's more how-to skills. Not how-to. You can't like give like a basic awareness. Oh, let me ask you the same question. Just tell me, how do you become a from yid? Just simple. <laughs> just a basic awareness, and then the I'll tell you once I get that, I will share with you how to get the kids. I'll tell to you the basic awareness. Believe it or not. Excellent. So the basic way is know that there's a system. Keep to your system. Keep to the system and stick to it, even though it's hard. Exactly. Like even if I have a story, like I let him listen to a story, and if it's a, oh, and sometimes I make up a time with him, it can't be past this and the time. I have to stick to it, even if he'll get angry and frustrated. All that, I will say is yes, but there are more skills to learn. But yes. To me now, I should I should take courses for it? How should I? Um, there are courses yeah, that don't cost money. Workshops are always great. Parenting workshops are, are there fantastic. Workshops that, the problem is all these workshops cost a lot of money. Is there anything that I can go to that doesn't cost? I know many times they have the therapist in the center you can go to. Like if you're living in, in Lakewood, they've got Chemet and LCSC. And then they've got in Brooklyn, you've got so many different places. In Williamsburg, you've got Pesach Tikva. And you've got so many other places over there. Uh, and you've how got about Jewish. in Maripak? In Borough Park, you've got a lot of places. You've got Jewish Board of Family Services. You also have Pesach Tikvahs in Borough Park. You've got Ohel. These are all clinics that they take every insurance on a sliding scale, like basically just paying the copay, and you can get over there a therapist that will guide you with the parenting skills. You need like a therapist that guide you. Someone to guide you, just give you the parenting skills. All right. Okay, and how about if you follow a Ravi, you have to ask a Ravi, that's also good? Well, great, then you can go to the Ravi, you can ask the Ravi, the details, one week, and, but follow up week after week. So how do I do this step and how do I do the next step? Well, you mean you have to follow the point is to follow up week after week. Right, yeah. But it's great. You know, you need someone like the the, 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 the knows parenting or therapist that knows the follower that has time to follow up every week. That's exactly what the issue is. Sometimes they don't. Okay, thank you so much. Sometimes it's not easy to follow week after week, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mordechai, first of all, I yeah. wonder, the, the previous caller had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, reaction. And uh, one one of the callers just asked me to, to announce it because if he had, uh, they have some situation in the family 
And with the Lyme disease, it didn't take a two weeks of medicine. It took several months of treatment of the, and it's taking care of all the issues that I had before. It's very similar. And I had a very interesting uh, uh, teacher that, Menael uh, Betsefa, that she was a few times in the show, and she wanted to say something about her student. Yes. Hello, you're on there. Yes, hello. I talked for many years. And I taught in, a, in special ed programs, remedial programs. I have to just say a few things. First of all, a lot of these children with ADHD have an issue with food. They generally eat too much sugar, too much sugar. Beautiful. Another, we forgot the holidays. Yeah. And another thing that you don't even think of, some of them digest their meals very quickly, and they're hungry very quickly. So when they're hungry, like, in other words, the average person eats breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner, right? They need a meal in between these things. So when they get hungry, they start acting up. And that, and that shows itself as ADHD. People think, what's going on with this kid? But if you try giving this kid... The olive base, like you say, food, a sandwich or something, you see a big yeah. difference. I had a student that, that I tutored that came to my house. I, I also worked with her in school, but she came to my house, and I had my own little children, and she walked in. Her parents had a store that sold candy. She walked in with bags of candy after school, and her parents expected her to eat this stuff and then work with me. Well, I didn't want my own children to see all this junk that she was eating, and I couldn't work with her for some reason. It just she was too ADHD. So one day I took it away and gave her a yogurt. That's what I used to give my own kids when they came home from school. And there was such a change in this child. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. She was able to focus. I couldn't believe this. Now, I want to tell you something. This child was put on um, medication. You know, your average medication for the... For, now, I have to yeah. tell you that, Mordechai, I know you recommend it, but it does, if the child stops taking it, they do experience withdrawal symptoms. And it's very similar to being a drug addict. I'm sorry, but I've never life, seen that. i got to tell you, I've never seen that. I saw Unless, I no, especially, it. I'll tell you I have the issue because ADHD medication is medication that you, I, you can't say you don't have to take it every day, but it leaves the system after 8 to 10 hours, and overnight it's not in your system. So I certain know, medications one... stay in your system. The ADHD medication doesn't stay in your system. I don't know. One day I, when I was in the school, this, a child came to me in the resource room, and she was shaking. And I said, what's the matter? She said, I can't work with you today. I said, why? She said, I didn't take my medication. I can't work. I can't work. And she kept shaking like a drug addict. So I don't know so what, don't know what you, that but is, but that's, but that's not the normal. Now, this, I want you to understand the ADHD medication has a lasting life of four hours, and they have now the extended releases that last, let's say, eight to ten hours, but then it leaves the system. SSRIs, other medications stay in your system, and sometimes it even takes four weeks till it builds up for you to be for it to work. And at the same time, it takes four weeks till it leaves the system. 
ADHD medication is short-lasting. In fact, if it would stay longer, you wouldn't be able to sleep because they're stimulants. So in order to sleep, they last between eight to 10 hours and then it's done. So I'm, I'm not disagreeing with the experience what she had. I just don't know what else this girl was on or what other stuff are happening. Could be other stuff. I, I, I don't know. I mean, this goes back a good few years. It's at least 10 years. I, I, I saw her on this for at least t over 10 years. And I have to tell you, well, she had a very messed up life because of it. I really felt that if the parents had paid more attention to her diet, there would have been a different child. That's, that was my opinion. Okay. Let me tell That's you something. I've seen horror stories where kids will put on medication based on the way the parents presented it to the psychiatrist, and the kids really didn't need it. I've been involved in many of those cases, and it was the parents that were lacking the skills. And because of their lack of skills and the way they present the symptoms to the doctor, the doctor was prescribing. I have seen them. Those are sad and sorry horror stories to say that that happens. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I would agree with they you. Need, so they, they they need the proper guidance. I mean, they had hired a tutor. Well, I'll tell you. Around, I I hate to say it on the air, but it's rather interesting. This was in a large school. When this child said to me that she can't work with me, she said to me, "Besides which, you don't know how to teach reading." So I said, "Oh, really? So I'd like to learn. Tell me how to teach reading." And she says, don't you know I have dyslexia? I said, you do? She said, yeah. You have to take the book and you have to turn it upside down. And I have to read it upside down. I, I wow. said, what? I, what? I never heard of this. She says, well, that's what the other tutor does with me. I said, really? And I started checking it out. And it was true that the other tutor taught her in, talked her into this. Now, I had to prove that this is not how you teach dyslexic children. So I went to the Orton Society. You know, they deal with dyslexia. Um, I, I know of them. I don't know them, yes. Yeah, yeah they, deal, they gave me a whole write-up that this is preposterous, that she definitely won't learn to read this way. I mean, figure it out. You can't learn to read if you have the book upside down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's impossible. But as you said, the parents had hired this other tutor, and they did not know what was going on. Yeah. And this is a child that was put on medication, and they told her that she has ADHD, and they told her she had dyslexia. I'm not even sure she had dyslexia. I'll be honest with you. I doubt it. That's right. I really we have doubt no it. idea. That's what's yeah. planted in our, in our kid's brain. Anyway, okay. You know, okay, thank you. Yes. Yes, thank you. Thank you. We'll go to the, we have a few callers that's waiting patiently and on the line. And uh, we'll go to uh, Mr. Y. Mr. Y, yes. Mr. Y, hi, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi, Shulam Aleichem. I don't speak English sure. so well. I don't speak English so well. I hope it's going to uh, go, it's gonna go through. Okay, yeah, number it's one. Be excellent, one oh, okay, Number one, I would like to uh, thank you for everything you do. It's just amazing. And. There's nothing to say, it's just uh, 
There's no You're welcome. Say. Yes. Okay. Then I want to have. I want to say one comment and one question. Please go comment ahead. Is, and the comment is. Hello? I'm sorry, we weren't hearing I think you. We gotta bring out a little bit more. Hello, much hello, more. Hello, we were quiet. We didn't hear you. Can you please say that again? Hello, Mr. Y. Mr. Y. Hello? Hello? Yes. Mr. Y, can you repeat the question, please? We yeah, just. We okay, it's, a, it's, a com- it's just the a comment. comment. Okay. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. yes, we hear you. Hello. All Hello. Right, so we lost him. Let us go then to the next caller. Mr. Y? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Oh, so we're not hearing you. If you can just say it again, please. We we lost you. Hello, Hello Mr. Y. Mr. Y? Yes. Yes, Mr. Y, can you please um, share again your comment? Okay, my comment is this. I, I, I'm talking... I'm oh, sorry. I'm talking, basically, more for most of the conversation years, the Hasidish Island, and I think it's very important to bring out the point that a lot of people take medication, and people in the community think that if someone is taking medication... That means that that person is crazy. In fact, it's not, not, it's not like this. And people can take medication and be 100% normal. Excellent. And Thank you for sharing that awareness. Yes. Yes. I'm saying I think it's very important to the, the Hasidic community because most of the people don't know I don't want I don't want to label Hasidic community. I think the from Kehilos, we're hearing it more and more, but we're still a little behind the times. And we're getting there, Merit Hashem. So okay. I deal Neither with I'm all the kahilas, and I see it all over. So I don't want to label any one kahila. When I say the reason I'm labeling is because I'm Hasidic, that's why I know my community. Okay, great, great, great. And I, Baruch Hashem, have the schus of working with so many people in Klaistro on different kahilas, and I can see it all over. So I appreciate the awareness. And, in fact, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, and I'm validating that the awareness it, still needs to be repeated yes. over and over. Yes. If a schus and colleague is getting married... And then um, one of the one of the two finds out that the other the spouse is taking a pill. So the next day they're not together anymore. And that's that's yes. what the show it should be. Okay. That's right. I think that uh, I people agree have with to you. know that you know a person just like someone is taking high blood blood pressure and pills. The same exact thing. You know what I mean? That's okay. right. Thank you for creating the awareness. That is 100% true. The only problem is Narkahila. If you know a young guy is taking heart, blood, heart pressure medication, you wouldn't do the Shidduch either. That's the problem right now with our perfection. There's no room to be human. There's no room for the Irish to say, okay, I'm going to give this person a bit of a physical disability or a bit of an emotional area that they'll have a difficulty with stress. So if they take a medication, they're excellent, they're functioning healthy, but let's not tell anyone. And that is a problem that Baruch Hashem, it is changing. I've seen Shaduchim in the Chesidah Shekila, the Litzvah Shekila, and in the Sephardi community, where the Chasna, the Kala could be open. I was involved in our center, where they're able to tell first to test the waters, where they would tell the boy.
that they're dating and saying, you know, I'm going to therapy. And we've had cases where the illness says, oh, I also went. That's okay. And then they felt more comfortable. They spoke about that. And then the next day, so two days later, they discussed, and one of them said they're on medication. And I've seen Shaduchim happen. It is changing. The generations are changing. If someone's taking ADHD medication, that's already acceptable. All right, a boy or the girl's taking ADHD medication, but they know that they're functioning healthy. Remember, it's not the medication that's the issue. It's the functioning that's the issue. There are so many people that are not functioning and are not on medication because for the Shaduchim, but the kid's not functioning for years. Rabbi Nishlein, where's your Rachmanus for your kid? Yes, yeah, right. so thank you for that. Oh, I now want to ask you a question. I have difficulty waking up in the mornings, and uh, I tried many, many things, and it doesn't work out so very well. I mean, I wake up at the end, but a little bit late every day, and is there anything I can do? The simple concept is usually achrayas. Achrayas means that you're going to be somewhere, and they're going to expect it of you. They're going to demand it of you. And if you're not there, people are going to be upset. I don't even use the word upset because many times in coil people say, but it doesn't work. There's a concept about uh, the concept where there's responsibility. Like if you're late and people are waiting for you, that usually schleps people out of bed. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. The question Thank like this, so how, 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 how long are you sleeping? This also question, you know. Thank you. Uh, this hours a night, seven hours a night. What? I can't get up. No, like, but the question like this, you, you, you sleep long enough? Are you getting six, seven, seven hours, eight hours at night? Is, is you have a problem with the breathing? No. You're snoring? Also not. No, the, this is really question because sometimes people, when they have a problem with sleeping, uh, and they don't sleep right and they're tired to get up. But I would recommend what it happens, to do. What uh, I wake up a few times in the middle of the night. That, that, that might be the, the problem. So I'll check. I wake up check. a few times and I don't sleep in the one shot. Yes, that's a big that's, deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Check check exactly what if you if you if you get up tired, it's not easy to get up to wake up, you know. Yes. And I would say they recommend you know, but tell yourself before you're sleeping twenty times in the time that you know really the you know you on on the sleeping and waking uh, zone. Bezad Hashem, I wake up six o'clock. Bezad Hashem, twenty times, repeat it, and you see differently. You don't need to work alarm clock to get up. Wow. Excellent. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, certainly. You're welcome. I appreciate the awareness he created. Uh, Mordechai, we have a, a Miss Y. Let's see, she wants to just to say a few words, so just... Okay, let's hear Miss uh, Y. Let's... let's hear your comment. Hello. Miss Y? Hello. Yes. 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 Uh, I come. Yes. Go ahead. I want to thank you for everything, um, everything, and I really enjoy your line. You're so welcome. Okay. And everyone, every time I have a question, um, it really helps me. Wow, beautiful. That is so, so nice to hear. It's such a schuss and such an honor. 
And with this... Thanks. You're welcome. It's so brave of you to call up and to just share that. That means so much to me. Thank okay. Thank you. And this, You're uh, with, with this phone call, we're going to basically to finish our show. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Ramodachai. Thank you to our yeah. dear listeners and to all, you know, Amisel. Thank you. And Laila Tov. Yes, Hatzlacha.